More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Megan Kelly's here. Jedediah Bila's here. We have economic updates. We're going to pay tribute to the Vietnam veterans. Man, is it going to be a spicy show coming up tonight on I'm Right. Why do I say there will be a dictator that will rise on the right in the United States of America? You've heard me say this before. Uh, you've never heard me celebrate it, but you've heard me say it's coming. Well, that's an outrageous thing to say. You're telling me, you're telling me we're going to get a Pinochet here? We're going to get a Franco here? Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Why? Because societies, all societies, large ones, small ones, strong ones, weak ones, doesn't matter. Societies seek a balance. Always. If something gets too far out of whack, societies will themselves choose an extreme counter to that, seeking a balance. It amazes me that more people can't see what's happening right now in the United States of America. The left, the communists, they're more rabid, more powerful now than they've ever been. And because they're sick religious freaks who worship destruction and death, they're accelerating everything, destroying the economy, destroying the family, destroying everything. They, they can't help themselves. They're just ravenous right now. And because they're sick freaks, they can't see that there will be a response. There will be, and it will be ugly. And I don't celebrate that. I want to be clear about this. I want to live in a country with a limited government, 
tiny federal government, constitutional government, where I live free and you live free and the neighbor lives free. That's what I want. That's my preference for this nation. It's probably what you want too. But we're not going to have that. And when that day comes, when that dictator rises, whenever it is, whoever it may be, they will only have themselves to blame. If you want to know why, there's another great example why. This headline from Reuters is probably the greatest example of why. Some tranny nutcase walks into a Christian school and starts executing eight and nine-year-old kids. And Reuters runs with the headline, former Christian school student kills three children and three staff in a Nashville shooting. You cannot weaponize yourself against other people without end. There will be a response. It's going to be an ugly response, but there will be one. These people hate you. They hate your values. They're going to spend every moment attacking you. And because people won't put up with that forever, we're going to choose an alternative. President himself gets asked about it being a hate crime because his brain is too melted to lie like he's always done. He just flat out laughs. You believe that I, I have no idea. Josh Foley believes they were. What do you say to that? Well, I probably don't then. Probably don't. Well, I'm no, I have no idea. <laughs> hey, crime. Some kids murdered. <laughs> okay. Keep pressing. This ends ugly because you can't stop yourself from pressing. It's warning you. And look, I do get this. I get why Reuters would run a headline and why there's, you've seen so much of this the past 48 hours of blaming Christians and Christians suck and whatnot. I, I understand it. I understand that we live in a nation that has a new religion. We do have a national religion, as every nation does. We are the U.S. of gay now. It is our religion. Look, Joe Biden talks about it. They all talk about it all the time. All women deserve to be represented. Moreover, when we advance equality and racial justice we're in, and invest in young people, protect the LGBTQ plus uh, individuals, our societies are not only fair, but they're stronger and more successful. Joining me now, journalist and host of The Megyn Kelly Show, which you can catch on Sirius XM Triumph Channel 111 every weekday at noon Eastern. You can also find her at youtube.com slash Kelly. I can't believe they haven't banned her yet for actually speaking the truth. All right, Megan, <laughs> forget, forgetting all the mental health issues and things like that right now, journalism, because you are one of the few journalists left in this daggone country. How did it get to such a despicable state where you have headlines like this Reuters article blaming Christians for the shooting. It's just, it's gotten to such a state that when someone calls it the enemy of the people, that starts to resonate. They look like yeah. the enemy of the people most of the time now, Megan. They really do. And I, I don't remember it being like that when I was a kid, but maybe it was. No, they've chosen to lean in. I remember when Trump was saying that during you know his campaign, thinking, no, no, I mean, they're getting there, but no. And now they're really leaning in on it. I, and it wasn't all during Trump that this happened, but he really exploded it. I mean, him calling out the media on their bias led them to embrace their bias. You know, it happened very rapidly and in a very disturbing uh, way and in a short, short amount of time. So it was already going this way, Jesse. I mean, I remember years ago, before Trump, maybe 2010, 2011, 
um, talking with Bernie uh, Goldberg. Remember, he used to come on and be a media commentator on Fox. And he was talking about sort of the policing of words. It used to be more about the policing of words back then and where the media would show, you know, like, we're better than you are. We'll, we'll tell you how to speak properly so that you're not an offensive person. And the, the, the story of the day was you weren't allowed to say the word midget. And Bernie said midget. And I said, you can't say midget. And he said, why not? I'm like, I don't know. Whoever makes the rules now says you can't say that. And he said, midget, 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 midget. <laughs> then I had my own experience. You'll appreciate this as my fellow Kelly, um, where I was on, I was doing a hit on Fox and Friends. And I said, and they took him away in the paddy wagon. Said, Turns out you can't say paddy wagon. I'm like, why can't you say paddy wagon? It's offensive to the Irish. In response to which I said, <laughs> those are my people. We don't get offended <laughs> at anything. We're impossible to offend. <laughs> but apparently it's about all the patties who got drunk and get taken. All right, so th those things were all happening, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And then it got worse and worse and worse. And then during Trump, who was, you know, the, the king of, I don't care how you want me to talk. I'm going to talk the way I want. Everyone recoiled in horror on steroids and leaned into wokeness. And the whole movement was starting separate and apart from him. And now we're worse than ever. And so they've not only embraced their bias, They've embraced their elitism and their perceived role as the arbiters of all morality, which means governing people like you and me, you know, the, the losers of the world, people who didn't go to Harvard, who wouldn't come to their cocktail parties, and who are on, you know, things like the internet as opposed to NBC nightly news, right? Those are the folks who think there are betters. And I know, because I can speak to this from the inside, you know, with the people with the glasses down at their end of their nose who just think they know better. And they're going to tell Americans how to live, whether it comes to their religion, uh, how they feel about their country, how they feel about their family, how they feel about these very controversial issues, whether it's BLM or the crazed uh, trans activists who need to be fought, not embraced. We see it at every turn. Megan, did these people lead us into being a nation that is pillow soft, where people get their feelings hurt by things like paddy wagon, or are they the result of a nation that has gotten soft? I just, it blows me away. Maybe it's because I had a, a very stern, hard father. I know people will find that shocking, but it blows me away how often I see even the elite talk about their feelings and how this hurts my feelings and I'm triggered and my feelings, give a crap about your feelings, but that the feelings lead this nation now. What came first? Is it chicken or the egg? It's a good question. I don't know the answer, but I actually believe, maybe it's my background that biases me. I do think the media has a disgustingly unhealthy role in it. I mean, I, I watch the media do this and push it because they're in bed with these elite academic circles where it's happening, like these college campuses where this all got started. And they need the approval of those institutions. They want, they're dying for their children to go to those colleges. They wish they had gone to those colleges if they didn't, and most of them did. And that, you know, that is a sort of cocktail party circuit that people like Chief Justice Roberts are still on, which explains a lot of what happened to him once he hit the, the U.S. Supreme Court bench. You know, they get sucked into this very uh, informed, very cultured, very snobbish group um, that actually thinks they're better. And then gets off on putting down middle America, actually laughs in their face because they think they're too stupid to understand what's good for them. Look at that infamous Don Lemon segment, you know, with Wajahat Ali and Rick Wilson that went so viral during the Trump where they were like, oh, Ukraine, you couldn't find Ukraine on a map if they had a crane or whatever it was, mocking them. So I think there's a contagion between those two circles. And back to the point of journalism, it's one of the reasons why, Jesse, we're supposed to be adversarial with the people we cover. We're not supposed to get in bed 
with the elite circles. We're supposed to be antagonizing them, not loving them and openly protecting them, which is what a lot of the reporters today think they're supposed to do. Megan, when I reference things like that Reuters headline, it, it makes me it makes me feel like something terrible is coming, not just from the left, from the right, because societies always seek a balance. I have said this several times. I think there is a right-wing dictator coming in this nation at some point in our future. Not tomorrow, you know, it's not Donald Trump or whatever, but I believe it is coming because when you continue to attack people the way the media does, eventually you're going to have somebody rise who will say things like, I'm going to arrest that journalist and I'm going to throw him in prison for that opinion. That sounds crazy. It's anti-free speech. And it is crazy and it is anti-free speech. But those words are not going to fall on deaf ears one day, Megan, because of this level of activism. There will be a response and probably a horrible one. Look at the number of videos that circle uh, around on Twitter right now of black people committing crimes or violence. Why is that happening at such an alarming rate? It's not that the black crime rate is, has skyrocketed. It's that people are feeling uncomfortably defensive about accusations being made about groups like white cis males. White cis males are the problem. White supremacy is the fundamental problem plaguing America. And so people start tweeting videos that they would never tweet before to say like, are they really? And it makes you uncomfortable and, and I don't think it's healthy. I don't do it myself and I see, but I see why it's happening. You know, it's, if you push a group of people up against a wall over and over and over and take away the, the opportunity for fair play, not just from them, but from their children as well, eventually they get tired of being in the fetal position, just saying, I'm sorry, I'm bad, I'm sorry, I'm bad. And they feel the need to push back on the narrative and then they feel the need to fight back. That's what's so dangerous about this disgusting, pernicious ideology they're shoving down our throats when it comes to, yes, race, yes, gender, but our country, our religion, ourselves, right? That we are somehow fundamentally bad. Just looking at you as a man and your skin color, you're the problem. I can tell that before you open your mouth. What does that do to a person? Where do they think it's going to land? Yeah. Yeah, there's always a pushback. All right, Megan, one thing that confuses me is why I even know who Gwyneth Paltrow is. But I do know who this person is, and I know who she is. I'm very sad to say it because I remember the uh, scented candle, and I'm not going to go into the scent, that I remember she put out some years back. I just can't yes. imagine wanting that scented candle, but I remember this. And now she's on trial for something to do with a ski instructor? What? What's happening? If you are not watching this on YouTube, you are missing the opportunity to laugh at the end of every day. I've been watching every day because it makes me laugh. There's no one to root for. <laughs> she is completely unrelatable. She's showing up in front of this Utah jury with a $65,000 necklace. Oh, that's relatable. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Maureen Callahan of the Daily Mail said, nothing says relatable like um, wearing jewelry that costs what a down payment on a home costs in Utah. Right? She's the one who said, I, I just have to be who I am. I can't act like I make $25,000 a year. She's got her little monogrammed notebook there that costs $250. That's what you're seeing. Um, she wears her $2,000 shoes every day in front of this jury. She's the one who just last week was in the news for my daily pro uh, wellness program is I don't eat before noon. Then I have some bone broth. Then I go in my infrared <laughs> sauna. Then I work out for an hour. Then I have I follow paleo for dinner, which just means some vegetables. Like no one can relate to this person. Right? Like, this is, that's about four calories a day. Um, 
So now she gets sued by this guy named Terry Sanderson, who says she crashed into him on the Deer Valley Ski Resort that she apparently took some private jet into with her very rich husband and her kids a few years ago. She says it's the opposite way around. He plowed into her. Um, and just, we got to see her on the stand, Jesse, talking about how his skis came between my legs and all I could think was, is this a sexual assault? There was groaning. As, as my legal panelist and friend, Jonas Bilbour said, who the hell sexually assaults somebody like that on a ski mountain? <laughs> your, your ski oh. gear on? Yeah, let's go for it. I was going to the paltrow. I'm going to come up behind her from behind. Here we go. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. So, but the plaintiff is equally crazy and untrustworthy. And the star of this trial, the reason you must watch it, is the female attorney representing the plaintiff, Terry Sanderson, who's a man. The, the, the lawyer's a woman who is playing some weird game of either trying to become Gwyneth's best friend, even though she's adversarial to her, or what I think is trying to ingratiate herself with the jury. How, how tall are you, Miss Paltrow? Uh, almost 5'10". Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm only 5'1", but with these heels on, I'm 5'5". Five five. Two Gwyneth. Oh, oh, they're really nice. Oh, thank you. Oh, it, we've had about 25 exchanges like that. They're so cringy. We need, America needs this. This is the trial we need, Jesse, for a little laughter, a little levity, and a little moment where you can sit back and say, I hate everyone. That's wonderful. I don't, I don't care how it turns out. Gosh, I got to turn my wife onto this. This is right up her alley. Megan, yeah. you're the best. Come back soon. So good to see you. Jedediah Bila joins us next. We've got an all-star lineup out here tonight. Before we get to Jedediah, I don't need to explain to you that there is a mental health crisis, a violence crisis. We have a nation full of people who are deranged, and it's getting dangerous out there. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. Are you ready? Are you ready to live in a world where there's a chance you're going to need to use your firearm to defend yourself or the people you love? If you're not training, you're not ready. I'll tell you, I have many, many moments where I say to myself, am I ready? Am I good enough? Am I fast enough? Am I deadly enough? But how do you begin? What if you're a beginner? Or what if you're super experienced? How do you get better? Mantis X is how you get better. It's what the professionals use. You want to use what the Green Berets use? They use Mantis X. When you use what the Marines use, they use Mantis X. It attaches to your weapon. It allows you to practice wherever you are because it's dry fire practice with feedback. They're putting you through drills. You will see your confidence grow and your shooting improve. So God forbid if the worst happens and you need to use it, you will be faster and deadlier than the bad guy. MantisX.com, all right? MantisX.com. We'll be back. Besides, besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> murder. She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just now, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run that's with the it. Worst. She's, She's just kidding. It's... Well, let me talk to you about it. <laughs> Joining me now. Jedediah Bila, host of the great Jedediah Bila Live, where you've seen me, and she's just awesome, and also she used to host The View. I can't believe she actually went through this. Jedediah, before we even get into these people, how does someone like you sit down with those hags every day and not just yank out all your hair? Yeah, you know, I, I couldn't do it now. I could not do it now. I was, you know, 
much more mellow back then, post-COVID, post-craziness, post-communist exposure, where we've really seen them for who they are. There's, there's just no chance because I would have to call it out. I mean, and by the way, that clip you showed very powerful because Jane Fonda absolutely meant what she said. They were trying to cover for her. You saw that out. Oh, she didn't really mean it. She, she meant every word she said. But Joy knew that if she left that show, people were gonna, people like us were gonna say, oh, inciting a little bit of violence there, Jane. We were gonna call her out and hold her accountable. And so there was a, an attempt at a cover-up. But Jane is so committed to the communism and the destruction that she dug her own hole. She was like, mm, I wasn't, I actually wasn't kidding. You saw that go on, sick, deeply sick. Jedediah, how can you, no matter what your belief system is or, or whatever it may be, how can you want other human beings murdered, using their own words, and not realize you're the bad guy? Because I have no doubt that Jane Fonda thinks she's the good guy. I'm sure she does. How's that possible? If I ever found myself on television or radio calling for anybody to be murdered, I would have to do some soul searching that night, yet these people don't. Well, true leftists have no self-awareness. And I also argue that true leftists have no conscience when it comes to other people. They have no empathy. I mean, you saw what unfolded the last couple of years. And by the way, if you'll remember, I went on that show and I simply just said that I had chosen not to get an experimental injection. And I was, they went nuts. They cited me as misinformation. They screamed, they yelled. They didn't care about what my doctor had said. They didn't care about my medical history. They don't care about other people at all. They are completely devoid of conscience. So what they really want is the elimination of the other. They want an elimination of people like you and me who are fighting to protect people's freedom. They want us to disappear. And they've gotten grotesque in the way they say it. And, and less and less, um, you know, it's less secretive, the approach, because they have media on their side, largely. So people get out and they say this stuff. The media is disgusting these days. I mean, you saw what happened with Nashville and just the media the way they handled that story was vile beyond measure. Um, and, and you just see a lot of cover-up on their side. So there's a fearlessness, and they're getting very ostentatious about the fact that they want us eliminated, whether that's via mandate. You know, they don't care if you lost your business. They don't care if you got, you know, something that was medically advised against for you. And they don't care if you die, as long as it's for the cause. And by the cause, what they mean is the expansion of communist leadership. Um, and they think they're going to be the exception, right? They think they're going to be at the elite and they're going to be protected. They're just not that powerful. They don't realize the system's coming for them, too. It is. Uh, it always, I had a good friend of mine who said, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said, the only thing I like about communism is all the communists, communism is killed. And that is very, very true. I will tell you that much. All right. Speaking of death, though, which is a horrible thing, especially in the wake of what happened this week. There are these calls all the time from the people at the top, politicians, hags at the view, all the elites, they're always putting out these words and there's this nutball bottom, lifelong losers that now act on these words. And normal people like us, we're in the middle. What are we supposed to do about that when we're sandwiched on top and on bottom? It's very challenging. And, you know, I know you and I could probably have a fantastic conversation about di national divorce and what, what you really do, because you have to, there, there's a whole bunch of people that are easily brainwashed right now in this country. Then there's a whole bunch of people that know they're being brainwashed, but they're like, oh, it's too much to stand up against. It's too exhausting. I can't, I'm just going to go line up for my 17th booster shot because it's easier that way. Yeah. They're part of the system. It's too challenging to uproot their whole lives. 
And then there's people that want to actively destroy everything. So what you really have to do is, and I, I talk about this and you do as well, I no longer believe in the power of national politics to save any of us. It's over. That is done. It's done. I do still believe, however, in the power of local politics in certain regions to salvage those regions. And I'm with you. I always tell people, pick up, move, go to a place where you have like-minded people who will stand their ground, who don't want to be violent, who don't want any of that stuff, but really want to just preserve the values that built this country, who want their kids to be able to go to school and not, you know, see a drag show instead of, you know, recess. Um, and, and they just, it's just sane people. And I think right now you're talking about those people sandwiched in the middle. Those are what we used to call sane people, not mentally ill, not violent, not, you know, uh, you know, woke and people being afraid to fall mentally ill. What it is, we have a whole other problem with that too now, as we saw unfold very sadly and very disturbingly in Nashville. But find sane, like-minded people and build with them. That's my best advice that I could give. Jedediah, be good. Appreciate you. Come back soon. Thanks so much. I, we got more. We still have to pay homage to the Vietnam vets. You know, to talk about a little economic news next. That's not that. There's some ugly stuff out there, but we'll go over it all. Let's talk about something wonderful. Well, I don't know if you consider it wonderful. I've been getting more and more guff from the wife because apparently I greet the dog when I get home from doing my show before I greet her. That's totally not true, by the way. The dog comes, he gets to me before she does. If she wants to start running to me and jumping on me the second I get home, then she'll get greeted first. It's a race, woman. And I do hope that lasts for a while. We give our dog, Fred, rough greens every single day. We used to just give it to him for breakfast, but we watched such a difference in his digestive health, such a difference in his energy level. We watched that we saw such a difference in him that now we give it breakfast and dinner. Rough greens is all natural. It's the only way that dog you love is going to get vitamins and minerals and probiotics and omega oils. The dog food, there's nothing in it. The dog food we give Fred, there's nothing in it. It's all dead. They kill everything in dog food, even the, even the good dog food. But when you start giving your dog rough greens, you just pour it on their food, you're gonna see a difference. And that puppy of yours might just be jumping into your arms when you get home from work for a couple years longer than he would have otherwise. That's why we do it. They have a free jumpstart trial bag right now. It's free. Go to roughgreens.com slash Jesse. All you pay for is the shipping. Go try it. Look at the difference in your dog. Roughgreens.com slash Jesse. We'll be back. All right, let's move on from all the culture war stuff. That's always going to be on the forefront of this show because it matters a lot, but something else matters a lot. Your standard of living. The standard of living we've known as a nation for the longest time. It occurs to me, I was doing some reading on uh, the other day about the state of our economy and the state of the middle class and inflation and interest rates, and all, all the economic stuff. But it occurs to me as I look at my sons that there is a good chance they won't ever own a home. Think about that. The next generation coming up, for a variety of reasons, not their fault, for a variety of reasons, it's going to be very, very, very difficult to purchase a home. 
I'm not saying you have to own a home or don't own a home, and nothing wrong with an apartment, but it is pretty revealing about where we are as a nation, and it's wild to think that the coming generations will have a lower standard of living than we have, because we've never experienced that. I've never experienced that. You probably, no matter your age, you've never experienced that. The standard of living has gone up. Well, those days look like they're coming to an end. 62% of consumers in this country are living paycheck to paycheck. 62%, that's according to Lending Club. That's wild. And so that means there's a great chance, as you're watching me right now, that's you that you're living paycheck to paycheck. And it's obvious why. With inflation going up the way it is, you have to spend more and more money to try to maintain the same standard of living you've grown accustomed to. That's a horrible place to be. And maybe even darker than that is this, where we're going. The bubble hasn't actually popped yet. We've seen it slowly get worse and slowly get worse and slowly get worse, but the bubble hasn't popped, and it looks like it's about to, and, well, Peter Schiff had some heavy words for us. They have created another financial crisis, which is something I've been warning about for years. And, you know, the media is reluctant to call this a financial crisis. They keep saying it's a banking crisis. The financial crisis of 2008 was a banking crisis. Nobody wants to say what it is because they don't want to invoke memories and comparisons to 2008. But this is a sequel to 2008. And like all sequels, this one's going to be worse. I remember 2008 like it was yesterday. I remember it would hit me so much because I was doing a bunch of traveling for work. I was working construction back then. I was doing a bunch of traveling. And it would hit me that I watched all these strip malls along the highways where you'd go. They were always full, always full of shops, right? And then I remember I would watch them just slowly empty. And soon there would be entire strip malls emptied. People's hopes, dreams, small businesses gone, livelihoods destroyed. It was an ugly thing. And it's not just that we're living paycheck to paycheck. Inflation is bad. We're going into something that's really, really ugly. It's that the people running the country, they don't care at all. They don't care at all. Joe Biden actually proposed a budget that would bloodsuck $4.7 trillion in new taxes out of the taxpayer. So as the taxpayer is suffering and watching his standard of living go down, the people who run this nation are looking at the taxpayer like a hungry wolf. Janet Yellen basically had to admit it. The fact that the president's proposed budget proposes $4.7 trillion in new taxes? It does, it does propose significant additional taxes, yes. $4.7 trillion? Something like that, yes. Oh, something like that. Oh, okay. And Joe Biden and his administration because they don't have any heart for the American people, they don't care about you living paycheck to paycheck, they'll just simply go to the camera and lie repeatedly and act like everything's hunky-dory. Put it all together, it's a plan to invest in America. 
invest in Americans, give them opportunity, invest in ourselves. And it's working. It's working? Well, that's news to the 62% of Americans who have to spend every dime of every paycheck just to get themselves through to the next paycheck. That's the craziest thing. The people in charge are looking at us thinking, oh, this is going well. And what are those? I mean, you're paying taxes. I just had to pay my quarterly taxes. I'm still mad about that. And why am I mad about that? Well, as you struggle, as the financial situation gets worse, the money the government is blood-sucking out of your paycheck is going to things like, well, this. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Oh, but it's actually more than that. As you are struggling and living paycheck to paycheck, you can take heart that the government is stealing 25% of what you make to pay for climate change. President Biden having signed the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the most ambitious climate legislation in history, um, but still is only projected to get a 40% uh, reduction in emissions by the end of the decade, and um, the U.S. has promised a 50% reduction by the end of the decade. Well, we're doing a lot more than just the IRA. The IRA is a package that in and of itself could get the 40%, but in addition to that, the president is issuing executive orders. There'll be uh, changes on automobile, on light truck, heavy truck, heavy duty, a number of initiatives that are being taken by states, subnational. Uh, cities. Oh, good. That makes me feel better. All right, enough of that. You know what we're going to do? We're going to pay homage to the Vietnam vets next. Before we get to that, speaking of veterans, let's talk about the greatest cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. Bonefrog coffee. Now, it happens to have been started by a Navy SEAL to honor the Navy SEALs, but that, honestly, is just a side benefit of the fact that Seattle's best coffee, you've heard of it, obviously, one of their founders, he's the one making the bone frog blends. This isn't just another one of these coffee companies. Ah, oh, buy our veteran coffee. It's the greatest cup of coffee I've ever had. I have to hold myself back and keep myself to two cups a day because Bone Frog Coffee is doing everything it can do to break my two cup a day pledge. I just want to keep drinking it. I want it right now. 10% off subscriptions. You want the best tasting cup of coffee you've ever had in your life? Go get a subscription to Bone Frog Coffee. Go to bonefrogcoffee.com, promo code JESSE. You email me and let me know if that's not the best cup you've ever had in your life. Bonefrogcoffee.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Sometimes I get sad about some things. Let me, let me explain. It's Vietnam Veterans Memorial Day today. It's a day we honor Vietnam veterans. Everyone who fought there, we honor them. And it occurs to me, they're getting old. Now, hear me out, hear me out. When I was a kid, I think I was 15 years old, 15, 16 years old, I got a job at a golf course. And I was just cleaning golf clubs, running around, just doing grunt work at the golf course. 
and I got to know this guy who was a veteran of Pearl Harbor. And part of the reason I fell in love with history is this guy, this old gentleman, would sit down with me and he would tell me stories about life in the Navy, about that day in Pearl Harbor. And I would just, I was so fascinated and taken in by the amount of wisdom this guy not only had, the amount of wisdom he would pass on to me. And now, World War II veterans are all dying. Time is what it is. Age is what it is. They're all dying. And I think about that when it comes to our Vietnam veterans now. Because in my mind, they're still 50 years old. That's, that's you know, he's 50. He's, he's fine. No, they're not, man. They're 70. They're 75. They're getting older. And these guys did something so incredible for their nation. One, they didn't get the respect they deserved from their nation. Two, they fought in a war that was led by morons, politically, generals, they were all morons. These guys went over there and went through hell on earth with bad leadership. And that is so incredible. And they have so many valuable lessons they can teach us about everything, about life, about everything. I, I honor those guys, man. And they're getting older, and it bums me out. So allow me just to say this for Vietnam Veterans Day. Do you know one in your life, even an acquaintance? Why don't you go reach out, text message, phone call? Why don't you reach out, meet him for a cup of coffee, meet him for a beer, sit down, spend five, ten minutes with him, because once they're gone, we can't replicate that kind of wisdom. We can't replicate those stories that they can tell us, the lessons they can teach us about life, about government, about brotherhood, about so many things. These guys are the very best of us. And let's also do remember this. They didn't come home after being treated poorly by their country. They didn't come home and hate America for it. They were still patriots to the bone. They watched their fathers go off to World War II, and so they signed up to do what they felt was honorable, to fight for the United States of America the way Dad did. And the United States of America's government did these guys so, so wrong. But they still came home, and they flew their flags, and you still see them now walking around the grocery store, Vietnam veteran ball cap on. And isn't that something that's freaking cool, man? I think it's awesome. Honor these guys today. Send a text message. Right now, make a phone call. Send a text. Go sit down with them. Once they're gone, we can't bring them back. All right? All right. Now, something else we do need to keep in mind is we have a fresh set of veterans with issues now. PTSD issues. Issues that come when you go spend time in combat. I want you and I to be more committed than we have been to helping them come back into the world. It doesn't just happen automatically. It doesn't just, you don't, you don't just get back from Afghanistan, Iraq, take off the uniform, put on a suit jacket, and you're fine. You're not fine. It's hard to be a dad, a son, a brother, an employee, an employer. It's hard to just be a normal person after going through that. You need help. These guys need help, and they're not getting the help they need. Definitely not getting it from the VA. Get a bottle of pills and an attaboy. That doesn't help. Boulder Crest is finding them, 
and helping them come back into the world. Is there anything more blessed we can do for these guys than to give them a life after they went and served for us? It's called Operation Struggle. Go give whatever you can. Help these guys out. It's a wonderful, wonderful program. Bouldercrest.org, all right? Bouldercrest.org. We'll be back. What am I doing here? All right. It's time for a dome and dumber version of Lighten the Mood tonight. There's just too much good stuff out there as we, as we pay homage to the Commander-in-Chief and his Vice President. Before we get to that, let's do this really quickly. You know what's wild about gold and silver, precious metals, is the history of it. So you know the future of it. For instance, if, if I was to hand you a chest full of gold or silver, and then put you in a time machine and teleport you 5,000 years into the past, you would still have incredible wealth. And therefore, if I put you 5,000 years in the future with that same chest of gold and silver, you will have incredible value. Can the stock market say that? Do you have gold and silver in your 401k and IRA? You worked hard for that money. You're going to give it all back when the bubble pops? Do you have physical gold and silver in your hands? Oxford Gold can make that happen too. They handle all this and they handle it so easy. It's just wonderful working with them. Call 833-995-GOLD and get wealth that lasts. Wealth you pass down to your children and their children and their children after them. 833-995-GOLD, all right? All right. President of the United States of America has to be told where to stand. Down here? Yes, sir. Down the ramp. And we have people lined up on the left over here. Uh, some union leaders and workers. Hey, guys and ladies. Your mark is going to be the blue one to the left. How y'all doing? You've got a blue mark, and that's okay. I got, I'll stand my blue mark, and then I'm going to say load each one of you. Yes, sir. I'm going to, I'll, I'll help you get started. That's the leader of the free world. That's the commander-in-chief. But don't worry. At least he's got a good backup. But the creative work that is happening on this continent, as represented by the work that is happening here in Ghana, is extraordinary in terms of the international global impact. Now, this is not a new phenomenon. But it is something with that with all of the current excitement about the evolution of culture and music and artistry. That is very significant. What is happening here is changing the way people kind of enjoy themselves. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.